Welcome into the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. We took last week off. I was busy. I just graduated from Bloomsburg University this past weekend, home now. Um, so we took last week off, but we're back this week. You can follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. You can find us on Twitter at ebony underscore bird. We are the official fan-sided affiliate of the Baltimore Ravens. You can check us out at fansided.com and ebonybird.com as well. We do have a little bit of news here of the podcast coming to you previously through iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. We have a new agreement with a new website called Spreaker, so that's where all of our uh, podcasts will be u- uploaded to now. Um, so if it takes a few weeks for the iTunes feed to get, uh, get fixed, uh, we'll try to get that situated ASAP. But if that is not working this week for the time being, that is the reason why, is we're still in the process of moving everything over. But again, uh, Spreaker, the new uploading device for Ebony Bird's podcast as well. Before we get started, download the Ebony Bird app from the App Store. Some recent articles, Justin Tucker will be the greatest kicker of all time. Uh, Along with that, three reasons the Ravens can be a playoff team in 2018 and five interesting variables of the 2018 season. All of those articles written by Chris Schistler, our site expert. You can follow him on Twitter at FootballMan58. He will be joining us in a few seconds here. Joe Schiller, our other site expert who you can find on Twitter at Joe Schiller NFL, wrote Kenneth Dixon, the forgotten running back for the Ravens. And I myself put one up yesterday, uh, revisiting Des Bryant and if the Ravens should sign him. So let's get into it. Um, on the episode today, we're going to have, like I said, Chris joining us and contributor Connor Brooks as well will be coming on as well. You can find him on Twitter at Connor underscore Brooks. 14. It's a quiet news week for the Ravens. Um, not much going on right now with you know rookie mini camps underway, uh, the veterans working out at the facility, but still not a lot going on. So uh, the big highlight of this show is going to be focused on how the Ravens are going to be developing Lamar Jackson and how they should go about it. We'll get into that. Um, that's going to be the main focal point, like I said, but we also want to talk about a couple of news items that came out this week as well, and we'll get into some of the uh, positional battles on the roster, which which spots right now on the uh, roster are full and like in terms of depth and talent, which positions are good and then which ones are weaker. So we'll compare and contrast those as well. But before we get into all of that, uh, the Ravens yesterday on their official Twitter handle, they announced that they're going to be having a press conference at 2.30 on Thursday to talk about something that the Atlanta Falcons started in the NFL last year, a new initiative, and that is reducing concession prices. Um, so I will now turn it over to Chris and Connor. Um, now that this is now that we know this is happening, we don't know what the prices are going to be or what exactly is getting reduced. But um, I'm going to guess. I mean, I know Connor, you're in you're in Alabama, so you're a little bit farther away. But uh, we'll go over to Chris first. If you know, anything particular that we want to see done, I would like to see cheaper beer. I would like to see cheaper water, and I would like to see more specials on food, so that if you want to eat at the stadium, you're not tempted to go somewhere else because of the food prices. So if they figure out a way to make everything much more affordable, I think that'll be a good way to pull some people back into the stadium if there's cheaper beer, cheaper water, and cheaper food overall. Oh, I 100% agree that cheaper is better. And here's the thing. I've always believed that the cheaper the concessions were, and I've always said this about movie theaters, stadiums, whatever, the cheaper the concessions are, the more people are going to buy of it. Um, my problem with, stadium, with the stadium food is just that it's not good. And before it was expensive and not good. Now it's probably going to remain not good, and at least you'll get what you pay for, and that'll be a little better. Um, one of the advantages the Orioles have is when you go to Camden Yards, you get really good food. When you go to a Ravens game, 
you're really not going for the food and the beer costs eight dollars uh and some of the beer costs more than that uh absolutely ridiculous um no beer should cost eight bucks the rule of thumb is if you can go to a liquor store and buy a six pack for eight dollars or less than that you shouldn't have to spend eight bucks on a beer but um I'm okay with the concessions going down. I would like to see the quality go back up and because they're not uh, switching the people they have the contract with, the quality will probably remain the same. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never been to a Ravens game, of course, but, you know, so I can't really say much about the concessions. But I've liked what they've done with the stadium as far as, uh, you know, the, the scoreboard and they added Wi-Fi a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I don't... I don't think now the the game experience is what the problem is. I think now it's just time to start winning games, and I think the fans have, you know, kind of proven that they'll come if the team is winning. And, I mean, you know, people aren't going to pay money to go watch them not make the playoffs. We can do that at home. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they do, particularly with the beer, because I think at both Orioles and Ravens games right now, one beer is like $8, but if you reduce the prices of beer, that means a lot more people are going to be drinking and, you know, the, the day and the age we live in, we want to have family-friendly environments, you know, for everything. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, particularly with, with the beer. But I think that's one thing that um, they're going to reduce. And I agree that it should be reduced because you shouldn't pay $8 for a beer. It's simple as that. Uh, but again, that's at 2.30 p.m. tomorrow. The Ravens will be streaming that on their website. You can check that out. Uh, the, the official announcement about the reduced concession prices and what exactly is going into that. I get $6 a beer. It's still expensive. But it's not insanely expensive. So maybe that'll kind of balance the family-friendly part. I think they're going to bump it down more. I think it might be five. I mean, I, I could see it even being three, too. But I if mean, it's I, three, I'm buying a couple. That's why I'm interested to see how much they drop it. So moving on now, another quick piece of news. This came out yesterday. Uh, Quincy Adeboyjo, of course, he was on the practice squad a lot of last year, wide receiver that had a great preseason uh, started the final game of the season against the Bengals, which uh, was a really controversial topic because he was on the practice squad all season. Uh, but he underwent a surgery to uh, repair a upper leg muscle. The exact severity of the injury or what he injured has not been revealed yet, but um, it, we do know he will be placed on the physically unable to perform list, known uh, shortly known as the pup list, at the start of training camp. So it looks like he's going to miss the beginning of the season, probably might be on IR to start the year, and they can pull him off like they've done in the past with like Maurice Kennedy, for example. What do you think his chances are of surviving the, the roster cuts? Do you think the most likely scenario here is after he's on the pup list, he just gets placed on IR with the designated to return list. But I guess um, it's hard to know until we find out what exactly he injured. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really tough to know because we don't know how long he's out. I mean, you know, he, he could be ready soon or he could be, it could be a long lingering injury. You know, you never know, you know, last year he had the, what was the hamstring and, and he was, he was out for a very long time. So I think, it depends on, you know, when he comes back. He's a, He can be a good receiver. I mean, you know, I, I knew Quincy before the Ravens even got him because I'm a Bama fan. I don't know if y'all seen the highlight, but uh, he caught that little tip pass and they ran it all the way down for a touchdown. So, I, yeah, I knew all about him. And he's a he's a really good receiver, and I think he can be. But just right now it's staying healthy. He can't be much worse than Perryman is. I, mean, I don't think he makes a team. I, I look at the receivers and I – you drafted two, and I think both of them make the team. Chris Moore isn't going anywhere, and you signed three free agent wide receivers. You just do the math. There's no room for Adam Boyjo. Um, I like him. I, I think he's a good practice squad candidate. 
Chris, do you think uh, Perryman makes a team? Oh, hell no. Yeah, I think you, you get your three wide receivers that you signed. Yeah. You get Chris Moore, and then you get the uh, two draft picks. I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any way Perryman makes a team now, especially with it, this. Even if he has a good training camp, I don't think he makes the team. He's had good training camps before, and then it hasn't translated as soon as the pads come on. Well, they cut him now, so you don't have to pay him his bonus. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of the everybody raving about him and training training camp, and then we get all excited about him and he doesn't produce. Oh, I gave him a chance last off season. I wrote an article comparing him from a talent standpoint to Terrell Owens. Now I look like a fool. And guess what? It's a joke on Brashad Perriman because he has that kind of talent. I don't know what oh, sure. is going on in his head, but he's sure. fast. He has a huge frame. And if he could catch the ball, he would do well. Moving on now, our big topic of discussion here on the Ebony Bird podcast. We want to talk about Lamar Jackson's development. Of course, the Ravens' second first-round draft pick of the 2018 draft pick at number 32. So this is a really interesting topic because people are wondering with Joe Flacco in the fold now and still expected to be the starter barring any injuries or any unforeseen circumstances. How that's going to impact Lamar Jackson sitting behind him because, you know, when you sacrifice a couple picks like the Ravens gave up to trade up and get Lamar Jackson, you expect him to contribute, if not right away, in the near future. Before I go to you guys, I want to, like, see how I see this playing out. I think the Ravens, you know, like Harbaugh said, Joe Flacco is still the quarterback. They need to see how he looks first. Um, compared to what a lot of other people think, I think that Flacco is going to have a great season this year. I think this pick's going to motivate him because he's never had to work for his job before. So I'm honestly excited to see how Joe Flacco responds to this. So in terms of getting Lamar Jackson reps, I think you could start by in a game situation, like for the regular season, obviously in the preseason, you're going to have him, you know, be play backup quarterback. But as the regular season goes on, maybe get him some reps at wide receiver, have like a couple a couple set plays, a package for him per game. Now, I know that he has flat out said he doesn't want to play wide receiver. He doesn't want to return kicks. He's strictly a quarterback. But you don't have to necessarily give him the ball if you line him up at receiver. If anything, this will allow him to be on the field, see the speed of the game, get exposed to that, and at the same time, hear Joe call plays. Even if Flacco's not performing well in week one or week two, just get Lamar on the field and just listen to Joe call the offense. At the, and then, then if you know if the Ravens are doing well, they're in contention, and Flacco plays well and stays healthy, stick with him. You know he's been in the playoffs before. He's won you a Super Bowl. He's played well in the playoffs, so I don't see any reason to not stop playing him. If the Ravens are out of it in December, let Lamar start the last few games and cut Flacco after the season. But if the Ravens are in contention and Flacco does get hurt. You play Lamar then, obviously, and if he does well, maybe stick with him, kind of like Jim Harbaugh did with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick in 2012, which did get the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Again, this is a different situation, but that is another scenario that the Ravens could possibly handle this. So this is definitely the most interesting topic going into the 2018 season. How do you think the Ravens should approach this, and is there anything that they should not do in particular? Well, I'm going to go into the not to. I don't think they should get him on the field as a wide receiver. I don't think they should get him into the Wildcat. I don't think they should do anything they want to do with any other quarterback. I think he's a quarterback. He's the quarterback of the future. You develop him as a quarterback. You want him to hear Joe Flacco hear, hear the headset? His helmet has, is going to have the microphone in it. He, he's the earpiece. He's going to hear everything that's going on. I tell him, sit on the sideline with your helmet on when the offense is on the field because I want you to get those mental reps. But I want you to be a quarterback. I don't want you to be a wide receiver. 
I don't want you to catch passes. I don't want to risk my franchise quarterback getting hurt. Because that's what he is. He's the franchise quarterback of the future. I don't risk him getting hurt on a trivial wide receiver play. No, I, I think we have enough talent at wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be any better at wide receiver than any of our other receivers, not named Rashad Perryman. Ah, I hate that idea. I think you need to get him some practice reps every week with the number one team. You're starting to – I'm sorry, Flacco's been playing for 10 years. If he hasn't figured it out by now, he's not going to figure it out. He's our quarterback for now. But I, I think the practice is less and less important for Flacco. So I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson should get a lot of reps every week. I just think he should get reps with the number ones every single week because you never know when you're going to need them. If Flacco goes down, you're going to need him. If Flacco's going bad and we think this season is – going down the tubes. And before it goes down the tubes, switch to Jackson, I'd love to be patient with him. But uh, and there's one other thing we can't do. We can't peg him into being something he's not. We can't have him say, oh, well, don't run. Well, guess what? Just avoid hits, man, because if you take away the improvisational skills, that's going to be a problem. That's that's what, what makes him special. You take away him getting out of the pocket and doing stuff, that takes, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Peyton Manning. I don't even know if he's Michael Vick, but I know one thing, he's Lamar Jackson, and you got to let him be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the receiver idea that Jake brought up, but I do think that there should be maybe a pack. I think that this guy is too talented to leave off the field. That's that's what I think. I think he is way too talented to leave off the field. So maybe like a, a wildcat package, maybe you bring him in on third and one, and you have like a – a read option, like an RPO type of deal. I mean, I just think that he is too talented to leave off the field, and that also forces the other the opponent that you're playing that week to have to prepare for that as well as just rather than just you know standstill statue Flacco, and you know that that takes time away from you know preparing for Flacco, and now you got to prepare for Lamar Jackson too on third and one on uh, RPO, you know whatever he does, whatever they decide to do. But I think what they will do is they just kind of let Lamar sit there for a year and develop, work on his, you know, out-route passing game. And, you know, because this, this guy can be really, really good. I think he can be the best quarterback out of this whole entire class as far as just pure talent. And, you know, they, a lot of people have been talking about there's reports that Flacco hasn't been, you know, returning his calls and texts. I don't really care about that. The guy I think that should be mentoring Lamar Jackson is RG3 because he is he's more of a – Lamar Jackson style quarterback and he did have success in the NFL albeit for one year you know he 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 got injured but still I think that it's more important for RG3 to go in and and mentor uh Lamar Jackson into the NFL and you know I think that the Ravens might do something implementing a few packages with Lamar but I wouldn't think on it. Moving on now on the Ebony Bird podcast. Again, you can find us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird as well as EbonyBird.com. Again, we are coming to you through iTunes and Spreaker now, the new uh, website we are using to upload our podcast. Episode 32 of the Ebony Bird podcast. Again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 Being joined today by fellow contributor Connor Brooks at Connor underscore Brooks 14 and Chris Schistler, site expert. You can find him at FootballMan58 on Twitter. One last thing now talking about what positions on the Ravens are strong and which positions on the roster are weak. We'll start off with the strong positions. We'll just kind of go in a circle here. 
Um, I think the strongest position on the roster right now is the cornerbacks, uh, particularly you've got starters like you know Marlon Humphrey, you've got Jimmy Smith returning from injury, and then you've got Anthony Averett, and then you also have Brandon Carr who might honestly be a cap casualty when it's all said and done. The secondary is also very strong. Of course, Deshaun Elliott, the rookie, might take some time to develop, but I'm excited about his future. Then you've got Weddle and Tony Jefferson back there. Um, but out of the secondary, the cornerbacks are stronger than the safeties, but I still think that the defensive backs overall, and of course you have guys like Maurice Kennedy and Tavon Young. There's just so many guys also uh, back there. And I think the next position that's strong is the guard position. Again, you'll have Marshall Yanda coming back next season. You'll have Alex Lewis coming back. And then, you you know, maybe there's a possibility if Orlando Brown gets the starting right tackle job, James Hurst could fill in at left tackle. And you'll also have a returning Nico Siragusa as well. Um, of course, Matt Skura also. And then I think, of course, you have to credit the Ravens for having the strongest kicker-punter duo in the NFL and Justin Tucker and Sam Cook, along with uh, long snapper Morgan Cox. The special teams unit is one of the strongest as well. And then the last one I just included was defensive ends and defensive line again. Uh, Brandon Williams, Brent Urban, you know, every everybody involved on that defensive line, the interior. What positions on the roster, if you wanted to bounce off me or just say your own, uh, would you consider the strongest in terms of depth or talent? Uh, yeah, I mean, the first three you named are exactly what I have. I have defensive back certainly being the strongest position. I saw a, a pro football focus guy, I forgot his name, but he, he tweeted something. He said that the Ravens could have the best defensive back in the whole entire NFL, and I completely agree with that. I mean, people forget about Tavon Young as well, and, you know, because he missed last year with injury, but he was really, really good, and I think he's more fit as a slot cornerback, but uh, he played, you know, wide cornerback in his rookie year, and, um, but he can be a really good slot cornerback, and I think we'll probably see uh, Maurice Kennedy probably move to safety somewhere, kind of like a Ladarius Webber a little bit. But, I mean, as far as, as that position, you, you pretty much named it all. I mean, they, they have talent, you know, all over the place. And then I think also offensive line is going to be a really strong suit for them this year. They can go a lot of ways with what they want to do. They can put Hurst at right tackle. You know, he's, he's really versatile. So you can put him at guard, tackle, whatever you want to do. And then Stanley's proven to be one of the better left tackles in the league. Marshall Yonda's probably one of the best guards to ever play the game. And... Interested to see what they do at center. I think Skura probably wins that job, but we'll see Bozeman, you know, compete in training camp for it. But that, that'll be an interesting uh, competition. And then after that, special teams. I mean, shocker, I know Ravens special teams are going to be good. Uh, hmm. You know, Justin Tucker is fantastic. We all know Sam Cook is still going. And Morgan Cox, the Wolf Pack, they're all going to be great. And then, you know, as far as kickoff coverage and punt coverage, they're always great. Uh, I, I will be interested to see who wins the returner job. I would assume Tim White, but I don't know if he will make the 53-man roster. So, you know, we'll see about that one. Well, guys, uh, it sucks to go last because you kind of said it all. Um, the one thing that no one's mentioned is Anthony Levine is part of that secondary as well, and he's a bit of a wild card because he can do a bit of everything. Yep. So um, I'm going to piggyback <laughs> off what you said. The secondary is definitely the strength, guys. Um one thing I want to say is I think the defensive line is a little overrated. Outside of Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, and Willie Henry, I don't know what any of those guys are going to give me on any given play. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Brent Urban has had issues staying on the field um, as well. I was trying to think of uh, Willie Henry's name, but his last name was just slipping my mind. But um, when Urban has been on the field, he's been productive. But, 
you know, as you said, Chris, when it's hard, when you go last, I'm going to now turn it to you and let you go first for the weaker spots. Now that we've discussed some of the strongest spots, what are some spots on the roster that you think are still a little um, low in terms of depth or talent? Uh, all right. Well, let's see if this linebacker we drafted is going to play next to C.J. Mosley. Honest wire on him. Correa is probably going to get cut. But, you know, that's a competition that we don't know who's going to start at this point. And that's really not a sign of strength. Defensive line's a little overrated to me. And I could see the offensive line being worse than we expect if, say, Orlando Brown doesn't pan out. Um, say, um, center Matt Scorer or Bradley Bozeman don't end up taking the job with flying colors. So, I mean, that's an area of concern. But I look at this roster, I'm pretty damn pleased. Um, I'm not whining about wide receivers and tight ends. That's a nice feeling. I'm not whining about the secondary. That's a nice feeling. Uh, and I look at pretty much all over the defense, we we have talent. I mean, the defensive line, you still I, – I call it a weakness, but you still have Brandon Williams, Willie Henry, and Michael Pierce, who I know what I'm getting from. Um, the Carl Davises of the world, I don't know what I'm going to get. But I, I look at this roster – and I think, damn, we could have a decent to good offense, a great defense, and a great special teams. I don't understand how the Ravens could go into the season and not make the playoffs because when you look at their schedule, I don't care who they're playing. They probably have more talent. They had 12 draft picks. They were active in free agency, and they were a 9-1 team last year. Guys, let's go. Let's start right now. Yeah, I, I think um, before I get to the weakest positions, I'm, I think Chris is right on. I think a lot of people are, you know, underestimating how good the Ravens can actually be. You know, I think this can be a 10-win team easily. You know, they have tons of talent. kind of depends on all what Flacco does now. But um, getting to the weakest positions, I think pass rush is relatively weak. I think that it's it's not bad, but it's not good. It's, it's just very average. You know, Suggs is – getting old up there in age. I think he's 35 this coming season. Uh, Judon showed a lot of promise last year, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, but I would really like to see Tim Williams and Ty Bowser get more reps. I mean, uh, I think Tim Williams should have been a first-round pick, if not for character concerns. And I thought I thought he was going to be a great player, and hopefully he will be for the Ravens. I thought he was a developmental guy that probably needed one or two years to sit and learn. But uh, also – I think wide receiver is still one of the weaker positions. Even though they did all that work, you you get you know what you're getting from Crabtree, but John Brown has stayed injured, and you know Lasley is you know very unreliable. Uh, Perriman's probably not going to be in the roster, and I mean you know it's it, they revamped it and it should be better than next year than last year's, but I don't know I don't know you know it kind of depends on you know what happens who makes the roster. I hope Tim White makes the roster. I hope. I think he can be a pretty good slot receiver. So, but then again, Willie Sneed's there, and then also uh, Will linebacker, like you said, Chris, um, next to CJ. And I actually have an article about that coming up about uh, who I think should be the Will linebacker. Uh, I think Kenny Young is probably the most talented of the guys, but we'll see how he does in training camp. Uh, I think a dark horse, Bradley, to take that job. Uh, he was some say were on the verge of taking that job last year, and then. He got hurt in week two, but 
he's kind of a dark horse. And then we could always stick with Peanuts, but I don't know. I think we need an upgrade there. Yeah, absolutely. Can't say I disagree with any of what you guys said. I, For my weakest positions, I said tight end because, you know, we do have Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, but we're not sure what they're going to do yet. I have no doubt that they're going to be talented players, but just because they haven't stepped on the field and I don't know what they've done. Um, kind of the same thing with tackle. I just said that, you know, I know Ronnie Stanley is a well in the future might be a perennial Pro Bowl left tackle, uh, but we don't know what the Ravens have in Orlando Brown yet. Um, and of course, if James Hurst ends up playing right tackle, that might not bode well. Um, and then I also said inside linebacker because we don't know who's going to start next to Mosley. And then the last one I put on my list was running back, and I only say that because the Ravens have. A very talented guy in Alex Collins, but not really a game-changing running back. They have a bunch of guys back there who I think um, Kenneth Dixon's going to have something to prove this year. I think, you know, you have Buck Allen as well, um, who's been a nice plug-and-play player but hasn't really taken a full-on starting gig. And then you have Collins, too, uh, who had a great season uh, but hasn't, you know, established himself as a game-changing running back. And, of course, that will all come down to what he does in training camp in this season as well. So that about wraps it up here on the Ebony Bird Podcast. Once again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. Our site expert, Chris Schessler, is at footballman58. And Connor Brooks is at Connor underscore Brooks14 on Twitter. Our site handle is ebony underscore bird. You can check us out at ebonybird.com. Be sure again to download that app from the App Store and check out all of our recent work on the website and on the app as well. And like I said earlier, iTunes and Spreaker. Again, if uh, the iTunes feed is not working right away because of the change to over from blog talk radio to speaker we will get that um, up and running again as quickly as possible so for connor and chris i'm jake mcdonald we'll see you next week right here on the ebony bird podcast